On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll begin June Don Baker Month with Joysticks from 1983. Joining us all month long will be Jim Dietz from the HHWLOD Network. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 79. This is June Don Baker Month. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster and resident podcastiet, Cullen. Totally awesome podcasting! Today we are here to discuss the 1983 film, Joy Sticks. Cullen, read us the instruction manual for these video games. When a top local businessman and his two bumbling nephews try to shut down the town's only video arcade, arcade employees and patrons fight back. Joysticks is directed by Graydon Clark and stars Joe Don Baker, Jim Greenleaf, John Grease, Scott McGinnis, Kareen Borer, and Leaf Green. Welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. And before we get into things, joining us all June Don Baker Month is our good friend from the HHWLOD Podcast Network and someone who hasn't been on in a while and oh, it's been too long, Jim Dietz. Hi, how's it going, guys? And uh, when you invited me for Joe Don Baker Month, I thought we'd at least be able to see Goldeneye or something. But no. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, next year we get a Bond film, so maybe we get Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> okay. Or at least you're walking tall or, you know, something. But throw me a bone, but no, joysticks, huh? Okay. <laughs> we did Mars Attacks one time. Yeah, okay. So Aaron Neuwirth has touched a June Don Baker. Wow. And I think that was that in was- June. I don't remember. I don't think it was part of June Don Baker month. I think that was our first Joe Don Baker movie. Is it because you blocked it out? <laughs> it's so traumatic. <laughs> I remember Joe Don's death very well. That's my favorite part of the movie. Before we get into that, uh, we'd like to thank those of you who came out to see us at Indie PopCon this past weekend and meeting everybody, talking, and I hope you enjoyed our speed read event. That went well, didn't it, Cullen? It went over famously well. People continued to eat their pepperoni pizza. It was majestic. I can't believe it. Well, we're bullshitting you because we recorded this before. We have no idea how it went. If it went terrible and you still came here, thanks. That's good. (laughs) We have no clue. But we thank you for coming in and watching. We probably told you to listen to this episode. So, hey, it's all good. So we're back with Joe Don Baker again. We 
had fun with it last year with Speed Trap and Golden Needles, which Speed Trap, Colin, that was a classic, right? Yes. It was much easier to watch than Golden Needles. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, for Joe, yeah. It was yeah. his yeah. So we're, least we're, we're sweaty performance. Yeah. <laughs> guys, joysticks. Do you guys have any background with this movie? I will say, uh, trivia, what was the last movie Cullen and Brandon watched before The Force Awakens? <laughs> Joysticks. Really? Wow. Totally awesome video games. And when I was watching this, my wife came home and was like, didn't you already do this? Like, no, we watched this for fun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. This is, for, this is for science. This is for research. I have to take notes. That's right. This is me getting deep on it. I came to this movie in a roundabout <laughs> way because there's a, a podcast I'm a fan of called Laser Time that do like a lot of uh, 80s and 90s nostalgia stuff. They have a, a really good Simpsons podcast on their network called Talking Simpsons. And the theme song for their video game podcast is the theme song from Joysticks. Oh. Totally awesome mm-hmm. video games. And I was just like, oh my God, what is that from? Where did this Where did this <laughs> slice of 80s hell come from? And uh, I, I, so I, I went on a little internet mission, tracked it down, and sure enough, I, I found myself watching Joysticks and... Uh, I'm a different person than when I started. I will say that. Cullen, didn't you have it from Netflix, the disc rental service? Yeah, and, I was still getting the disc at that time. Yeah. yeah, you had it for a long time. And then Scorpion Video put like a Blu-ray of it out or something. And I saw that cover. And I was like, what is what, a video game? Like meatballs, comedy? Like, how did I never hear of this? And it's got Joe Don Baker. And you're like, well, I've had this Netflix disc and not watched. And we're like, damn it, we're doing it. Well, and I didn't even know that Joe Don Baker was in it until we talked about it. Okay. Like, I just, I just wanted to see it because it's called Joysticks. It's obviously an 80s sex comedy. So I want to see it. And then you told me, you know, Joe Don Baker's in it. I'm like, oh, gross. We have to watch it. <laughs> now, yes. com- now, you say comedy, but that insinuates there's actually humor in this movie. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Shot across uh, the I, bow from Jim. I thought Deeks. it was funny though that they re-released the soundtrack from this in 2015 on colored vinyl on Miasma Records. I was doing a little research before the show tonight, so you can buy. It probably sold more copies mm-hmm. now than it did probably then. Did the band Legion? Yeah. Are, uh, the album is called Legion 85. Uh, the music from the soundtrack of Joysticks. They sound like a band that would be from the American Legion. Yeah, yeah. French Foreign <laughs> Legion or something. But maybe they should have Legionnaire's disease. But that's what drew me to this movie. To begin with, was the soundtrack. It's so painfully 80s. And the movie, too. Oh, my God. Definitely in that category, it has like all all the tropes, too. From that, from, yeah. from that, uh, that subgenre, you know, you've got the nerdy kid, nerdy virgin kid, check. You got the slovenly guy who farts and/or burps, check. You're the clean-cut protagonist dude who has to overcome the weird punk dude at the end, check. You've got topless women from Playboy, check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that poster, jeez. Yeah, it, it just seemed like there was a they had a checklist of all the things you had to have in an '80s sex comedy, and they, they decided to hit every box. Yeah, this, well, we, we can get into that when we get into ratings, but uh, yes, I, I don't think they missed a beat as far as that goes. They hit all the yeah. tropes on the way down, you know? <laughs> and the, the opening of this, just the very first few minutes of this movie, okay? It just tells you every, pretty much everything you need to know about the movie, right? First of all, it's showing, you know, it has the great song that we already talked about, right? 
And then it has a, a mm-hmm. girl in short, short gym shorts, faking playing a video game. <laughs> Obviously not playing any video game ever known to man. Because right. she's just kind of shaking back and forth as if she's having a mild epileptic seizure. And then they're cutting it with, with um, screens of actual video games of the time. Well, at one, at one point, like, the whole screen is her butt. Yes. My notes I wrote down with the games were, I wrote down, like, Moon Patrol, Miss Pac-Man, Solar Fox, Ass! And then, yeah. like, the name of the song. They show her legs bouncing, her hand just on that joystick, getting all, oh, worked up. No one's ever had that much fun playing a video game. No. <laughs> you know what this place looks like? It could be right down the road from, Cullen. Could it be Tom LaBrie's waterbed showroom? Hi, I'm Tom LaBrie, and these are all night movies on Night Comfort. Brought to you by LaBrie's Waterbed Warehouse at I-80 in El Camino. Night comfort, is that what you're missing? Let's talk a little bit about a waterbed. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the waterbed was originally designed by doctors for use in hospitals. Certain patients, particularly burn victims, needed total support, but also needed the least amount of pressure because of the pain. Well, they developed the flotation system to give people the most comfort. Well, today, millions of people in their own waterbeds are getting the best sleep of their lives. I know a lot of you now watching have back aches and muscular pain to keep you from getting the rest you should have. Believe me, a waterbed can help. I know, I've been in the business for years. And now, let's get back to the movie. Jim, yeah, that's perfectly how it opens. What is that song's title? Is it playing with my joystick or just joysticks? It's just called Joysticks, although it should be joystick. called Totally Awesome Video Games because that's the that that's was... the chorus that will be stuck in your head forever and ever and ever. It's all like dirty lyrics, and then it's like, oh, no, just just talking about Miss Bagman. Yeah, right, exactly. Totally yeah. Awesome Video Games. Oh, it's just going to, you know, just that voice of play with my joystick. Just over like this goblin yeah. comes in and yells at someone. <laughs> Ew. After this, we follow a, a nerd Sean Astin-like guy played, named pl- Eugene. Played by Leaf Green. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a porn name or what? It is a super 70s yeah. name. That's what yeah, it is. Like Garrett was taken, yeah. so he had to go somewhere else. And, and we know he's a nerd because A, bow tie. B, thick glasses. Check. C, curly, greasy hair. D, Check. sweater vest over a plaid shirt. Check. <laughs> e, he's driving a Studebaker yep. in 1980. <laughs> Singing Camp Town Races. Singing Camp Town Races yeah. and wearing bright pink pants. The only thing he's missing is a like a pocket protector and tape on his glasses and then he's every stereotype maybe, maybe an asthma inhaler <laughs> yep yeah i don't know how they miss those stereotypes i wonder if they just got, got to a point it's like that's enough we've got <laughs> enough like, people understand his character i mean he Let's didn't have large going. red pimples i guess he's got that going for him he's got some better skin his name is eugene the sexiest of names no, it's eugene, eugene. He pulls up to a light next to some uh, foxy ladies in a convertible who ask him to pull over and sing them a song. He tells them he's starting at the arcade, like working there, and they show him their boobs to try to tempt him. He climbs over from his window, leaving his car into the convertible. (laughs) We find through their conversation they're doing a sorority dare for their pledge ship. He picks which one he wants to... uh, do it with in the back with, seat. By, by going saying eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> yeah. The, the other says she'll watch, and she puts his head in her boobs. He, he picks the brunette with short hair. He puts his head in her boobs, and she asks him 
to show her his manhood, and he stands up in the car in the middle of the street, broad daylight, at a red light, no other traffic, in mind convertible. you. In the convertible. In the convertible, and he pulls down his pants and introduces them to Simba. <laughs> the blonde one snaps a picture of it. A-, a cop comes by and he freaks out and jumps out of the car and they drive off with his pants. And for some reason, he walks to the arcade. I didn't see his car get taken during this. Well, his know. his keys were in his pants. So. I thought he left his car running because he was at a... Fair enough. What got me was he's like so embarrassed that he's in his underwear, but his underwear are like Bermuda shorts. They're like oh, down yeah. to his knees well, and was... Ba- it was like baggy shorts, like a surfer or something. And they're just like, oh that, my, that like an... underwear. I'm like, dude. That was a weird thing back then, like underwear, like boxers with hearts on it and all that stuff. Like it was super embarrassing to see boxers. If like, someone pulled boxers... down my pants and I had just boxers, whew, awesome. The boxers go down to his I knees. know, they look like Bermuda shorts. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's not like he's hanging brain through the front flap. He was fine. <laughs> he would wear less at a beach. Right. Totally fine. Totally fine boxer <laughs> shorts. Yes. The arcade is a packed house, and we see this guy emceeing it. He's the manager, Jefferson Bailey, and he's there with the two women we saw earlier. Whitey, whitey white val- man. These- <laughs> Jefferson, he comes off almost like the villain in most mm-hmm. teen right. sex in comedies, other, in any, and then yeah. it was like, oh, he's our hero? In any other sex comedy, yeah. he would be the, the rich, snobby guy who he had to race down the mountain in the skiing race or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Per- That's, his hair yeah, like, is permanent like, pressed. All the girls want him for some reason. Super preppy. Super bland. It's really, right. really bland, dude. They, they got him because they couldn't get Ted McGinley. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's who'd be playing this part. These valley girls come up and hit on him. I'm going to talk like this the whole time. It's really weird. It's a valley girl accent, but it is like super, super overdone valley girl accent. Yeah, cartoonish would be giving yes. it a compliment <laughs> as like, to how over the top it it's is. Almost, it's, it's almost Cajun. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> It's that crazy. Oh, she was. She did have a bucket of crawfish next to her when she talked to Jeff. That's so. true. He goes to the bar with him and finds Eugene's pants. And Eugene shows up and he puts on his pants, which are now stained. The girls start to wipe his pants and he freaks out and runs to work the bar. And I want to point out, at this point, there's a black guy hanging out of the bar and he bumps into him and he says, Sorry, Sorry brother. brother. Right. It's like, I- Oh, yeah. Is All this right. before or after he bumps into the monk who is like hope, hopelessly addicted? Yeah, there's just a monk. He's hanging out. He's like, yeah. Father, I've sinned. I'm addicted to video. And he's like coming off a methadone high or something. <laughs> it's like, right. I, yeah. I must play more. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. And then the next guy who comes by has a really cheesy curly from the Three Stooges imitation. Yeah. Like these random dudes mm-hmm. like doing bits. <laughs> in the arcade, I'm just like, yeah. Like, what do you go to improv? Come in and be in my movie, you know. We we have like a Pac-Man wipe that goes between before we see all this. They change mm-hmm. the scene with the Pac-Man going across. I'm like, get clever, used to it. Get clever. used to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After these people, he comes across a large slobby man who is Jonathan Andrew McDorfus, mm. which. You could throw that name into any 80s sex comedy. Like, it's always McDorfus. This guy makes Curtis Strong, uh-huh. Armstrong's booger seems sanitary by, by comparison. And sexy. And sexy. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he was trying to do a John Belushi thing or if he was trying to do, like, because first he tries to throw him out of the arcade and it turns out he's like the guy who fixes everything or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, he was our class president last year. 
And he's like, he didn't look like oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the downfall of video games. He's so addicted, you know. It, it reminds me of what they used to do with Dan Fogler, where they're like, well, you're a fat guy. Put him in a, f- be funny in a comedy when he's actually, like, much better at, like, more dramatic or just regular roles rather than being the silly right. Batman. This is what they got here. They're like, well, you're you're a fat guy. Why don't you slob up and just be be silly? <laughs> Well, I think he was hired to make Jodon Baker look less gross. <laughs> like, it's a, you know those two were hanging on set. They were. Yeah, let's go get some ribs. They were hitting up. They were hitting up. They were hitting up the hometown buffets. The whole the whole time was like, you think you're gross? No, I'm gross. <laughs> the doctor Jim Greenleaf was in one of my one of my favorite cheesy '80s horror movies, uh, Evil Speak. Oh yeah, yeah, with uh, Clint yeah, about Howard, the guy who could uh, possess people with the devil through his computer. That movie is crazy. I know. <laughs> the guy McDorfus, uh, he's playing Pac-Man. Uh, Eugene tells him he needs to take a break, and he pulls a knife on him, and then opens the back of the machine, and so Eugene goes to Jeff because they call him Jefferson, Jeff, mm-hmm. whatever, tells him that McDorfus was the class valedictorian last year. He's like, what happened? Uh, video games, kid. We cut to McDorfus at the snack counter with a hot dog, and the oh hot God. dog like winds up landing in a woman's cleavage, and it turns into a perverted one-liner This fest, scene goes on tries... forever, too. The hot dog <laughs> oh, and the yeah. cleavage oh, scene yeah. goes yeah. on for what seemed like a week while I'm watching it. I'm just like, oh, I get it. Yes, a hot dog. He calls it his wiener. Yes, I get it. Okay, fine. It yeah, just went, oh, he, he it was tried. So yeah, just... and the woman's like just like loving it. <laughs> yeah, take that hot dog out of my cleavage, <laughs> or like it's some prank, and she's I don't know. It's <laughs> All right. that scene went on for so long. I started to yell at the screen, like, "Does someone grab it already?" <laughs> my goodness, I'm sorry. It looks like I got my hot dog in your. Thing. I mean, I got my wiener in your, um, um, here. Um, Eugene, get the one that says Oscar Mayer on it. I'm sorry. King Vidiot and his gang, like a bunch of new wave punk looking ladies, and he's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. But he's played by John Grease, and I love John oh, Grease. Yeah, he's, Uncle Rico, a, man. Yeah, he's it's so many crazy eighty movies like Terror Vision and and Fright Night Part Two. It's so enjoyable. But let's let's make let's make it but, plain. This is definitely the Hollywood version of the eighties punk. Because they all have right. the full oh, yeah. hawks oh, yeah. and like, the way too much hairspray and the, the manic panic. It's just hilarious. It's like, had the cure taken off at this point yet? Were they trying to like just get everything in there idea. that they could? He shows up outside and he enters and he grabs the mic announcing to start games and his ladies do this robot dance I think thing. they're trying to be the ghost yeah. of Pac-Man because he ends up yelling. Oh. He yells at the valley girl. He goes, it's Miss Pac-Man. And they all come after her and attack her and knock her down and... Makes and then, sense. You know, Eugene somehow tries to break it up and save her, and then Patsy's like, "Ew, a nerd touched me." Ah. <laughs> a limo shows up, and out comes Joseph Rudder, played by Joe Don Baker, whose name is over the title of this movie. If there's one thing that'll pack people in a theater, it's Joe Don Baker. For a little bit. <laughs> It's a dark time in our country's history. Our national nightmare is <laughs> over. Just big ticket sales in Nebraska and Kansas and Arkansas and stuff like that. So yeah. <laughs> he gets out. He's looking for his daughter Patsy, who's one, who's the blonde of the two Valley girls from earlier. 
Vidiot's ladies swarm her inside, and Eugene tries to save her and uh, freaks her out. Uh, her dad, Rudder, shows up and tells her it's time to go home. Jefferson Bailey tries to apologize to him. They argue, and it ends when McDorfus lets out a huge fart. And get used to that. Because mm. <laughs> that's yeah. not going to be the first time this yeah, happens. Like- I just wanted to mention, though, the girl who played, uh, uh, or the woman who plays uh, his daughter, who plays Patsy, was mm-hmm. Veronica Mars's mom. Yes. Corinne yep. Borer. <laughs> Rudder then comes by his pool where Patsy's laying out and tells her that he can't get people to shut down the arcade. She's not cool about it. He gives her money and tells her she's not to go to the arcade again. She says if she wants to go, she'll go. So he wants the arcade shut down because his daughter hangs there. Th- that's the whole thing about this movie. It's not even... It's not like he went there and there was like drugs around or like people were like banging and selling off women. It was just... No kids hanging out his daughter was there after midnight and that upset him this whole thing is just really an argument between jodan baker and his daughter and it's just that this arcade happens to be caught in the middle of it they they don't even sell beer at the bar story arc of this movie right there cullen just nailed the entire motivational arc of this entire film in in what like 10 words right there (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome at the arcade, McDorfus is putting ketchup on a cookie as Eugene comes freaking out about a van in the parking lot. McDorfus gives him the cookie and he eats it. And I don't, I don't even, yeah, I, never, yeah. I didn't even understand that scene. Like he's putting ketchup on <laughs> yeah, a cookie. Oh, you like and ketchup then he cookies? He hands it to him. He doesn't bite or anything. He just hands it to him. He's like, "Oh, I didn't know you like ketchup on a cookie." And it's like, "Ha ha, nerd ate ketchup on a cookie." I'm just like, "What? What? Uh, like, uh, what was uh, your?" What was um, the point? Uh, yeah. I felt like that Nathan Fillion gif, you know, where he's like, um, uh, uh, uh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I was> kind of <laughs> confused. <laughs> Eugene goes outside to check the van, and it's rocking with humping sounds coming from within. He goes on top of the roof of the van and looks down in the skylight and sees a couple naked in the hot tub, and he falls this van, in. This van is uh, one of my favorite things in the movie. I'll tell you why. It has a hot tub inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's an 80s conversion yeah. van that apparently can fit three yeah, an 80s conversion van with the hot tub and then the people that are in the hot tub when he falls in they're not like oh my god some stranger fell into our hot tub while we're having sex they're all just like ah, ha, 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 have some more to drink ah, ha, ha, ha. yeah everybody's yeah, cool it, with it you ah, know? just nerd that fell into the skylight ha, ha, ha. Well, they got to be pretty open if they're having sex in a van in the middle of the day in front of an arcade with the skylight open. So. In the closest parking right. spot. Like, oh, yeah. They didn't go to like the end of the parking lot. They're like, all right. With how much that van was rocking, how was it just not soaking wet inside? Because they have a jacuzzi or a hot yeah. tub inside the van. So <laughs> I want a van with a hot tub in it. <laughs> The Cult Cinema Cavalcade GoFundMe page for Jim Dietz's <laughs> Astro Van with Hot Tub. A painting of palm wet dib on Chani on the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll also put in for a flat screen oh, for thanks, you in dude. that hot tub <laughs> van. There we go. Yeah. Family trips will never be the same. Uh, later, Jefferson asks the two girls what they did with Eugene, and they begs to see the picture of it. He offers them to play the new game, strip video he in the back. seems a little too keen on seeing Eugene in his underwear, too. Oh, I got to see that yeah. picture. I need to see his. I'm like, Did his dog fall out? I got to see that. <laughs> Why? Why would you want to see that? <laughs> 
He uh, wants to he wants to know where he stands among his employees, which is allowed like, back in the eighties. He's insecure. He's like, I at least have to be bigger than Eugene, right? Right. <laughs> they oblige, and McDorfus and him say, "You show me the picture, and we'll go in there right now and play." Strip video. You got it. <laughs> Great leg, Eugene. <laughs> Let's go. I'd be like, great shins, new Gene. <laughs> Those things hung down. Like In the back, the girls are playing a sort of strip poker thing with the game. There's a song like that goes something like, shaking around, playing. I believe you, I believe you mean, shake it around. Yes. Jefferson's wearing a cop hat and has a nightstick. Part of the game, apparently. And he lives in the arcade because there's like a, it looks like a cross between the walls of like a college kid's dorm room in a sex comedy and the honeymoon yeah, it's suite. it's got the big circular bed Somewhere. with a vibrating circular bed in the center. And... Yeah, and then it's got right. just like nude women on the on the walls. Which is so enticing for a girl to come into that you're trying to hook up with. Also, yeah. this, this is the first time why we get no, mentioned to the plot well, point, but why don't you play the video game, Jeff? Yes, it's true. Jeff won't play the game. Uh, these girls really want to do him, but he doesn't seem interested. He wants to see and more of Eugene's they, legs. That's what it's <laughs> Right. <laughs> so the girls toss him on the bed, and on the roof, Eugene and McDorfus have a fire extinguisher, and Jefferson is then rolling around the ladies. McDorfus sprays the fire extinguisher in the vent. It starts coming out, and the alarm goes off inside. Jefferson freaks out and acts like they need to get the fuck out of there. He falls down like he fainted, and the girls bust out naked in the arcade, and McDorfus takes a photo of them as they land in Rudder's arms, and he grabs his daughter and leaves, threatening to close the place down. And outside, she tells her dad, If you would like to listen to me any time, I could explain to you that Jeff Bailey is like a totally bitching guy. And I wanted to tell you God. Man, she needs now to meet Now remember more guys. they took a photo of Joe Don <laughs> with those naked women because that's yes. an important plot piece. That's, that's key. key. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's key. But he wants to close it down. The henchmen, who he refers to as the cousins, say they have an idea. And they show up dressed as a hippie couple, a man and a woman. And they say, we got to act like these video game and pinball players on sure. their way in. Well, you know, that, they, that stereotype that hippies love video games. Right. And, and the one guy's really obsessed with his makeup. He like keeps asking him, you know, how's my mascara and stuff? The one cuz is one of the uh, Daryls from Larry, Daryl, and Daryl of New Hearts. Right, the, other one's, the other one's John oh, Deal yeah, yeah. from like, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of shows in TV. I mean, he was in Escape from New York. He's on the X-Files, ER, Miami Vice. Yeah, th- like, there's, like, a fight be- there's a fight between him and John Grise to see like who's been in more yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty close. <laughs> on the way in, they run into Vidiot and his gang, and he's really into Max, who is going by... Maxine here and tells him that he has great legs. He says, You are definitely Vidiot material. Arnie makes Max go inside, and Vidia is upset and saddened at Maxine going. And inside, Max continues to be hit on, this time by a guy who's trying to refuse to let her play a driving game. All the games, while Arnie and 
uh, Max then find a spot and conspire to steal all the games by Miss Pac-Man. Eugene overhears them, and when they leave, Vidiot tries to grab Max as they drive off, and then Eugene reports the scheme to Jeff, but he advises not to call the police. Because he has a better plan. Yes. Well, not why his grandpa is out of town. That's why he doesn't right. want to do it. Right. And, yeah, we should mention his grandpa owns the arcade. <laughs> it, it, it was some matters. kind of weird... I guess. Well, yeah, because otherwise, how could someone that age own a arcade? Someone else has to yeah, own. There's the even the scene where Joe, Do- Joe Don Baker's like, "You aren't the manager. You're some punk kid. You know, you can't be the in charge." Either, right. You, know? you can't defeat adults. Right. That night, McDorfus and Eugene arrive at oh Rudder's home. We're gonna <laughs> save Jeff. <laughs> so during this. Arnie and Max are backing a moving truck into the arcade. McDorfus and Eugene climb up the house into the window, and they have a little instance where they knock the ladder down and are hanging off, and they manage to climb in. Rudder's wife is on her bed having taken a ton of pills with a hairnet on, some sort of lotion all over her face, and McDorfus says, this is a good chance for Eugene ah. to get laid. Yeah. Sleep rape. Uh, ah. Oh, the woman. That wasn't great. The woman moves and grabs his crotch. She's loopy and is trying to hump Eugene. McDorfus encourages him to assert your manhood. And then Max and Arnie break into the arcade during this. Rudder comes home. McDorfus freaks out, hides in the closet. The wife is still humping Eugene. Rudder comes into the bedroom, and then Max and Arnie begin wheeling the machines out at the arcade. Jeff and some people helping him begin to siphon gas out of their moving truck. Rudder doesn't even notice at home what's going on in the bed when he gets in, and she says, come on, baby, don't stop now, and he tells her, to get to sleep, take another pill. It wasn't even like a king size bed. It wasn't even like a huge bed. It was like a small no. bed, and he and like like he wouldn't notice. There's this dude on top of but his there... wife, between him and his wife in his bed, right? And he's just supposed to be oblivious to that. Also, the you know the giant guy hiding in his closet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that not that we're looking. Yeah, not that he we're fits looking behind for clothes. Like, you know, logic, plot logic here, but still. McDorfus sneaks out of the closet, but as he's doing it, he farts loudly on his way out. Because well, uh, when I first saw that, I thought, well, "What's the point of this? Like, we know you fart. Knock it off." But I think it was actually part of a plan that he had, <laughs> not just to be <laughs> gross, but to fart. In order to get Jodon Baker out of the room, the I end, think it becomes this another salient plot point when he, when he gets. Hey, you know, it's it going to come back around. You know, we roll our eyes at these farts, but they're going to come back around. You know, here's some, here's something <laughs> is check Chekhov's farts. farts. <laughs> here's something weird. Uh, the woman who played Mrs. Rudder was the voice of the Baroness on the GI Joe cartoon. Morgan, oh. isn't that weird? Well. Her, her voice is a little sexier than she comes yes. off in this movie. Yeah, but that's uh, her. That's the role. So Rudder thinks it's his wife that farts, and he sprays the bed. Rudder hears the front door. <laughs> well, he doesn't, like, piss on it. Like, he puts... Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the way he said? He sprays the bed like he's scared. Like, oh, he's God, it's happening! He's not around to talk to her, either. He's spraying he's behind like, him without looking and stuff. <laughs> it's his, his Crisco spray or something that he has on his bedside. <laughs> I uh, love Pam. The spray. <laughs> he moved, uh, moved so off the, the front... baby oil in Mitchell. <laughs> right, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he was upset he couldn't eat it. He can eat Pam. So, <laughs> so, uh, so at the front door, Rudder answers, it's McDorfus, and he says, What do you want this hour? Uh, 
My name is Jonathan Andrew McDorfus. I needed somebody to talk to, and I, I knew I could trust you. Talk. Oh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. What is this? Are you drunk? Drunk? No, I'm not drunk. Why? I don't even take mind-altering drugs. Well, sir, uh, now is the time for safety. Uh, in, in our country today, uh, if, if you want to get out safely, you, you better act now. Do, do you understand? Hey, what are you crazy? Why are you shouting? And Max and Arnie finished loading the games into the truck and tried to start the truck, but it's out of gas, so they leave to go get some, and Jeff and company start unloading the truck. This was his master games. plan, to siphon the yep. gas from the truck they're going to steal all the video games in and then move all the video games back. While at Rudder's house, he sent his two friends to With do stuff. With his and fart? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the plan was to send... Uh, Dorfus and Eugene th- to find dirt on big old Joe Don Baker. And I, I, I guess it was just a backup plan or... It's like I don't know. It's like, it's like so well orchestrated the strategy here. I mean... <laughs> I think that was Jeff's original character name. Maybe. It was Rommel. Wrote a hell of a book. <laughs> Eugene makes a getaway and runs into Patsy in the hall and he slowly backs up in the bedroom and she goes, Eugene and Mommy? Next. And nothing comes of it. Right. Not till the, not till the very end. Of As, the uh, maybe she approves. <laughs> Finally, someone's climbing on top of her. As Max and Arnie leave, Jeff says he's throwing a private party, all the tokens mm-hmm. on the house. McDorfus is still hassling at the door. Patsy comes down to check it out. Eugene climbs out of the window and on the front porch. It's surprising to Rudder. Max and Arnie show up with the moving truck as McDorfus, Eugene, and Patsy. She comes with them, bolts. Max and Arnie tell Rudder they stole all the games, and then they open up the back of the truck. It's empty. I'd like to know what uh, it's established in this scene that it's after 2 in the morning. So Joe Don's coming home around 2. What was he doing in the middle of the night in a full suit to come home at 2 in the morning? Whatever's happening at the arcade cannot be nearly as nefarious of whatever he's <laughs> up to. So that's what we need. A jo- trying to stop a that arcade. Pre- joysticks prequel explaining <laughs> where John Top Baker was. Like, there's no all-night buffet anywhere, so I don't know where he could have been. He's drinking Schlitz within Linda Evans. there's a pajama party at the arcade vidiot shows up and jeff tells him that they aren't open and it's a private party and vidiot challenges jeff but he says he doesn't play but vidiot allows him to pick anyone to play him and he picks mcdorfus then they're gonna play satan's hollow now i like where was the beef between vidiot and Jeff from? I don't like, know. There's that scene later I, where like I the didn't... protesters are in there playing and he can't play his game because the protesters are mm-hmm. playing. I think that's just the beef that he wants to be playing video games all the time and he gets upset at anything that gets in his way. He'd, he'd yell at his other vidiots if they prevented him from playing Miss Pac-Man or whatever. <laughs> King Vidiot rules, plays by his own rules, man. The rules yeah. are. There are no rules. <laughs> the, the highest point total after one complete game wins. McDorfus has a hot dog while he plays. Vidiot plays, <sighs> but McDorfus takes his time eating his hot dog. Jeff is freaking out. Lots of uh, close-ups on Vidiot's crotch during this as he's moving this giant joystick. They have like the, the ball of the joystick is at these guys' crotches. So it looks like a yeah. bowling ball Get used on a to it. Stick. We'll see more of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and also, I hope you like the phrase, play the game, Dorfus, because you hear it about 20 times before he actually plays the damn game. Right. Ugh. 
McDorfus is down to his last man and finally starts playing as Vidiot loses his last guy. McDorfus passes his score and gets into the zone and won't stop. Eugene gives a heartfelt telling of what games mean to McDorfus, and McDorfus says he made him sick to his stomach and he walks off. Jeff tells Vidiot he can stay, but he's pissed and he leaves. Rudder then shows up and takes Patsy. He tells Jeff he's gone too far this time. He leaves and charges the cousins with creating a demonstration to close the arcade. During the next day, demonstration is uh, on the news out front of the arcade, and Rudder leads the charge. Uh, Eugene talks about the boobs photograph, and we then see an interview on the news with Rudder where it's brought up, and he shuts down the interview. Rudder (laughs) shows up at night at the arcade to meet Jeff in an agreement to drop his charges for the photos. Jeff wants him to sign an agreement for the photos, but Rudder refuses, and they bully the photos from Jeff, and he takes off. I do love the part where Joe Don Baker tells the reporter, you ain't no Mike Wallace or Howard Cosell. That investigative reporter, Howard Cosell. Eugene then offers one free token for each picket sign of the people out front. Rudder shows up and is disheartened that all the picketing is gone. Vidiot sees all the old people playing in the arcade and yells at Jeff that he sold out and he doesn't want to hang there anymore. He storms off and Rudder meets him outside. They go to Rudder's house and Rudder offers him revenge. They scheme to put Jefferson out of business and Rudder will get Vidiot his very own video game arcade machine. Vidya and his ladies then take off on mini motorcycles through the arcade, and they cause a havoc, which gets attention of the mayor, and they have a hearing about closing the arcade. At the hearing, Rudder goes to speak, and uh, then Vidiot shows up like an asshole, interrupting the whole thing. Yeah, uh, shouldn't he be in jail or something? He, like, like it, whatever he did was bad enough to, for the police to come out and have him kicked out of the arcade. It just seems. I don't know. Another, Suspicious. Another, uh, Little. comedy trope is the, the big town meeting with the old people versus the young people, you know. Yeah, yeah. this is right or out of Animal House. Or <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Or... Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotta have that scene. <laughs> Rudder then gives his speech against the arcade, and we get a montage of people testifying. We have a nurse getting gross about joysticks. One should also look for Pac-Man arthritis or the Blinky Syndrome, which manifests in the lower forearm and wrist of the playing hand, the hand that holds the uh, joystick. <laughs> Is there anything else you have observed? <clears throat> Germs. Germs, Nurse Tubbett? The kids play with their joysticks day in and day out, jerking back and sweating on them, and they don't even clean them off when they're through. Their joysticks are a hot bit of germs. Germs! <laughs> we have a, a high school coach, because I, I never thought these kids were going to school. Like, there's no, I, I felt it was either summer or, yeah. uh, and then we have Vidiot testifying. Rudder's closing statement describes the arcade's atmosphere, and we get a vision of it being, uh, it's kind of S&M, nasty place with mud wrestling and such. Jeff gives his closing statement, and the vision is now the truth, and it looks like some happy heaven place with everybody in white and being happy and kind. Patsy then testifies, and after it goes awry, the arcade group then projects the boob photo of Rudder at the arcade, and we see that Rudder had Eugene's photo this whole time because he never checked what he had. 
This turns into a, a scuffle, but Jefferson then challenges Rudder to a video game challenge, and they pit Vidiot against McDorfus once again to play each other, and Vidiot says they'll play Super Pac-Man. At the arcade, McDorfus isn't there. He didn't show up. Now what'll oh, happen? No. Je- Jefferson <laughs> Bailey has to play, and Rudder says he can play, and if he loses, he has to shut down the arcade and never open another one again. It's like, it's not my well, arcade, dipshit. Well, and also, at first, like, the challenge was just, like, I pick my guy, and you pick your guy. Okay, great. And whoever loses, if Joe Don's guy loses, then okay, great. I'll stop the fight, but if you lose, you gotta shut the place down. It's then, you know, established that, oh, Jeff doesn't play video games, but he'll play video games. And then Jodon makes the deal worse. Or, you know, when he, when he says, all right, if you play, then you, you not only do you, you, you shut down, but you can't open another arcade. Like, what benefit does Jeff have? Like, you know what? I will take that bet. Jefferson then needs time to collect himself. He confesses to Eugene that playing games makes him physically ill. Patty then comes by them and asks if everything's okay. And the two guys go in the back room and Jefferson tells him the story (laughs) of why he doesn't, yeah, of why he doesn't play. He talks about how he and McDorfus used to play every day. And the grand open at the grand open arcade, he talks about losing his virginity to his girlfriend, Sandy. And there's a song called Love is a Moment and Plays. I mean, we have a sex scene that's like just mainly lots of kissing and petting with their shirts off. And when they were done, he saw her father's reflection in the Space Invaders screen, and he came in and beat Sandy. <laughs> so, Not him. They beat his daughter. So right. they they moved out of town. He hasn't seen or heard from her since. He can't look at the video game screen and not see her father. Jeff then starts doing some training and practicing on the game in the back after some smelling sauce because he passes out. And Eugene gets Jeff back into the game and ready. Like, how long no, were they back I'm there? I'm still not clear about All right, so he lost his virginity to his girlfriend right. while he was playing the game. Sandy. I don't think it was while he was playing the game. They were surrounded okay. by games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so every time he sees a reflective screen, he's afraid of that guy right. coming in and... Beating his girlfriend. Because what happened? They they both had sex for the first time, and this guy decides to beat his child in front of... Yeah. They're both naked, by the way. Yeah. Like, what? Like, how insane are you to do that? Yeah, so the, the big game of Pac-Man begins and Jeff has flashbacks and is struggling. He tells Eugene to find Dorf at McDorfus. He's there with the cousins at Rudder's house tied up on the couch and the dum-dums think that McDorfus is fine tied to the couch and decide to go check out the arcade. Rudder's crazy wife sees McDorfus on the couch. He starts farting. <laughs> she recognizes oh, yeah. the farts from <laughs> and- earlier in the movie. And that's what draws her to the living room to free him. She goes through a sexual awakening because yes. of his yes. farts. Right. That's that's in this She's movie. Like, oh, all right. My all darling, right. my farting darling. <laughs> says, take me, take all of me. And then the competition continues with lots of joystick bouncing and hip thrusting. McDorfus tries to convince Rudder's wife that she should let him go so he can come back later and I'll bring back more dudes. And she hyperventilates and untides him. Vidya is kicking ass and Jeff is slacking. Rudder laughs and is excited, telling Jeff he's a loser and it's over. He high-fives Vidya and Vidya stops playing and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's like it. He still had lives and time. He just yeah. 
doesn't like to be touched by or him. Something, I yeah, guess? and he walks to like to the back corner of the arcade. He's just done. He's, he's like, hey, hey, I agreed. I agreed to play the game. I didn't agree to you touching uh, my shoulder. Okay, and, buddy. And I, must, I must point out here uh, also McDorf- as well that Super Batman, uh, the buttons are not used in the game. Only the joystick. So them furiously hitting on the buttons is a technical <laughs> error. It that 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 honestly bothered me because yeah. they hit the buttons a lot. So right. in this movie? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> McDorfus shows up. Jeff wants him to help, but Eugene stops him and says that Jeff has got to do it himself to face his fears and get on with his life. McDorfus agrees and encourages him to go for it. The joystick song returns. Uh, totally awesome video games. Uh, pumps up as Jeff begins turning things around. Rudder tries to get Vidiot to get back in the game, and he refuses. Rudder takes back his deal. Rudder's partner guy is caught. Yeah, he's got some guy with him that comes to the, the arcade. And the mayor. That That's guy gets mayor. The, the mayor. Yeah, the mayor. Yeah. And he's like totally into and video he games. Yeah, well, he's immediately addicted to the video games. Like that's one of the right. things that addict. you know, <laughs> Joe Don. R- r- but that's one of the things he said. Like this arcade shouldn't be open because it's addictive and it's full of debauchery. Which, by the way, was totally proven in th- that hearing earlier. So I don't know how right. they, they, they said they didn't break any laws, but I don't know. Topless people in a public place. That's indeed an exposure. That's the law being broken. The mayor's playing video games. Gets into it with Rudder that he thinks the place is fun and needs to stay open. And they have this, like, loud, fat, hick argument. It's like, <laughs> during this, I was like, Man, there's Pac-Man <laughs> fever. Get him a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff wins the game. Rudder strangles the cousin guys as Patsy points out the ridiculousness of it all. Jeff says, the tokens are on the house. That guy likes to give away free games. Not just free games. Free, like, evenings full of games. <laughs> Grandpa George shows up in a wheelchair, and he brings Sandy with him. They embrace as Patsy looks disappointed during this, and Grandpa then fills up the nurse that's with him, and he tells McDorfus, Hi. Dorfus, you tell your young friend here that this here nurse belongs to me. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but Grandpa George, you see, Eugene's got a, a special kind of problem. Oh, hell, that's obvious. Somebody got to get this boy laid. What was like, <laughs> this is one of those endings where it's like, oh, and you, and you, and here's eight, we just won $8 million, and peace has just <laughs> happened in the world. <laughs> but at least this version has a yeah. dirty old man in it, so yeah, that's yeah. something. something. Mm-hmm. He's gross because we treats the nurse, but you know. It was 83, and that's before we had rights. So. And you get a Playboy model, and you get a Playboy model, and you get a Playboy model. <laughs> yeah. You made it in life. You got her for your every command. In our final scene at a motel, McDorfus and Jeff drop Eugene at a hotel room that has Mrs. Rudder in it with a whip and wearing leather, and she's there waiting for him, and McDorfus and Jeff leave. And we get a freeze frame. Oh, no, he says, no, 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 you forgot the last line. He says, allow me to introduce you to Simba. (laughs) God, it even ends on a freeze frame. My God, did this miss any, like, sex comedy stereotypes? Totally awesome (laughs) 80s tropes here. It's got, well, I guess we can go into ratings when we get to that, but whatever, whatever. Or no, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Whatever. Jeez, this movie hurt you in a way that you could never hurt it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was mutual, I guess. I don't know. 
consent. I think it was consensual. I don't know. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means mm, you just died in the video game. Mm, I'm going to hold on to my tokens and not continue. Converted, which means... I'm gonna stay at the arcade. I'm gonna play a different game, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool here. Or drinking the Kool-Aid, free night on the house, cup of tokens. I'm playing this game till I, I conquer it. So Jim, how do you rate joysticks? Staying at home with the family. I'm declaring video games a tool of the devil. I'm throwing my Atari 2600 out in the street and never playing Super Pac-Man again. Oh man, this movie. I love a good bad movie, but this wasn't even a good bad movie. This was just a bad movie. It was like the most painful execution of every 80s sex comedy trope possible. It's kind of mean-spirited toward women in a lot of different ways. Mean-spirited toward a lot of its characters, if you think about it in a lot of different ways. It doesn't have that kind of light touch that a lot of the 80s sex comedies had that make it kind of fun and breezy and, and enjoyable to watch it hit every note in the clumsiest and most inept way possible i was when i was doing a little research on the movie it, they said they shot it in three weeks and it definitely seems that way <laughs> and they shot it all in yeah. one location in a warehouse that they turned into the arcade pretty much so yeah i'm keeping my tokens and not playing this game no more i'm gonna let the continues run out cullen I like that it hits every 80s teen sex comedy trope. It's over the top, and that entertains me. Like, literally, like, I, I don't think I can think of one thing it misses. It's, you know, kids versus the establishment and farts. You know, just, I don't know. But it's just a, a lot of stuff like that. I, I don't love how women are treated in this movie. That's probably the thing that bothers me the most about it. I don't know. I I guess I just accept it warts and all. I don't know if I laughed at the jokes because they were funny or because they were so stupid, but I had a good time either way. I think the most unrealistic part of this movie is when Jodan Baker's wife is pawing at <laughs> uh, Dorfus and saying that she's never... She, it's, she's never had anything like this before. Like, you're married to Joe Dunn Baker. I mean, this is a Tuesday night for you. This is nothing You've had men fart on you madam. before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. She probably woke up from the fart, not because of the sound, just because it was like, it's a different fart. Hooray! <laughs> Finally Delightful. one that doesn't smell like Schlitz. That's right. He's still going to wheeze on me, but he'll last longer because he's younger. Overall, I, I had a, a, a good enough time. I'm converted on joysticks. Brandon, how do you rate joysticks? I kind of see it the same way you do, Cullen, with the just the stupid 80s movies. It's on the, like, the lowest bar of those 80s sex comedies, but it still hits those checkpoints. It was funny. This movie has a plot that like most movies it would take 20 minutes to get through and it almost moved at a pace for me when i was i was working on this i was like oh yeah we're we're turning to the final thing because it's like oh i don't like your video games we're gonna attempt to do it ourselves okay that didn't work quick court scene and uh we're playing for the uh, this video game you win or lose it is all the marbles like really quickly so i guess it, it moved kind of for me you know it's a product of its time and it's you know the way it like treats nerds and people like that and just does Adults not understanding how arcades and video games work, but it was okay. I may watch it again sometime. I don't know. I've seen it twice now in like two and a half years and not angry about it. I liked it better than Golden Ooh. Needles, 
that we watched last year in in the in the realm of Jodon. But I'm I'm a light converted. If you want to see something that's a, a complete product of its time, a comedy that doesn't really work, I don't know. It's like one of those just garbage movies that you're like, yeah, okay, this is fine, I'm watch it. I, I don't know how else to describe because Cullen hit a lot of beats that I was like, yep, 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 and and I agree with Jim too. Jim's not wrong. <laughs> it just uh, reminded me yeah. of movies like Roller Boogie or so, Hot Dog, where they're the same kind of confrontation. At- no, I'm not. Don't at you all. diss I'm Roller saying, Boogie? I'm saying Roller Boogie. Don't the, you diss? I'm not dissing or Hot Dog. One of them, but I'm just saying where they or- had the big competition at the end to save the place. You know, it just, yeah. you know, it just kept reminding me of, oh, yeah. of better sex, co- uh, teenage sex comedies of the 80s. But I'm just saying, it just kept reminding me, like, mm-hmm. I would see these scenes, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just like that scene in Blah 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 that was much better. Or, you know, it just, I think that's what bothered me the most. Mm-hmm. It just was yeah. very derivative. And, and It never th- fooled you into thinking, like, you were yeah. always thinking, like, oh, it's hitting that trope, rather than just not realizing it as you're watching yeah. it till after, like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that offended me the most was seeing a close-up of Dorfus's thumb when he played the video game against King Vidiot. It's like he dunked his hand in Vaseline. It was the most oily, disgusting hand I've ever seen in my life. Like, I get to the point where I thought, like, I don't know if I'm going to watch Even this more disgusting than now. seeing half the crack of his ass oh. hung out the window? <laughs> yes, it was. That's how gross his hand was. <laughs> On the next episode of Cult Cinema Calicades, June Don Baker Month, we'll be discussing 1982's Wacko. We actually could call this year Joe Don Baker Month a Gray Don Baker Month. It's another team up of uh, Graydon Clark and June Don Baker. This is the one they did Just like before Scorsese, De Niro, Sticks, so. Carpenter, Carpenter and Russell, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Cotton and Orson Welles. So are Gray Don and Joe Don. Yes. And of course, you know, they did the classic Final on. Justice, which everybody <laughs> everybody knows. Also from us, our PopCon Live episode is going to post at some point. I don't have a specific date, but you'll you'll hear it at some time. But we'll, we'll be back with another Joe Don Baker movie next with Jim coming well, back. So thank you for me. coming on, Jim. It. What's going on at HHLWLOD right now? Well, we're the DC right TV every week. We cover all the TV shows uh, from the DC Comics universe. It's, you know, Supergirl, The Flash, uh, iZombie, Lucifer, Black Lightning, all those shows. Uh, also, uh, if you, you could check me out at oldmagicgaming.com. We're doing uh, some D&D uh, podcasting over there. A little higher production value. We're putting, like, background music and uh, sound effects and, and voice acting and all kinds of good stuff over there. And I'm writing a blog over there, Old Man Gamer, every week, kind of, you know, from my perspective of playing uh, totally awesome video games. <laughs> and also the also the Taylor Network of Podcasts, our weekly uh, Nothing's On uh, podcast, where we talk about generally uh, TV and movies and whatnot. And soon we're going to be doing a rewatch of Babylon 5, which uh, just came back to... It's on Amazon Prime now, and so we're going to be doing a retrospective uh, over the summer at HHWLOD of Babylon 5. And, uh, oh, and our 10th anniversary, too, HHWLOD Network, we're going to be having a grand series of specials looking back at the 10 years of uh, of uh, Legion of Dudes and uh, all the other podcasts we've done from that network. So check that out, HHWLOD.com. Excellent, and thank you all for listening. Thanks to those of you who came out to PopCon and showed support, or if we met you for the first time and you're listening. Awesome, thank you. And especially thank you to Cullen, because he rules. Yep. And we look forward to next time, but first, stay tuned for the trailer to Wacko, the trailer that actually trails. Ladies and gentlemen, an important announcement from Academy Award-winning actor Mr. George Kennedy. One very serious point. Lawnmowers do not kill people. 
people kill people. Times have I told you this is not a toy. Oh, there was a phone message for you. Oh, wow. From Norman? Oh, wow. He didn't say. Oh, come on, Mom. What did he say? Well, at first he goes, uh, your daughter's gonna die tonight. Police business? I'd like to have a few words with you. I'll never forget the first time I saw your father. If I'm rambling on too much, <laughs> just let me know. Uh, not at all. At last, a motion picture made by, for, and about people just like you and me. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade.